A very special thanks to our friends at ChannelFireball.com and, of course, Milwaukee Magic Cards and Games. This podcast contains language and adult humor which may be unsuitable for some audiences. Children, get your parents' permission before listening to Mana Screwed Podcast. Be prepared for pure, unadulterated awesomeness. You have been warned. Are you ready? Are you really ready? Can you dig it? Because of the obvious threat to untold numbers of citizens, and because of the crisis which is even now developing, this radio station will remain on the air day and night. Can the happening? happening? murder which is sweeping the eastern third of the nation is being committed by creatures who feast upon the flesh of their victims. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over. Hail to the king, baby. What is up, everyone? Welcome to episode number 24 of Mana Screwed. I am Tangent. With me, as always, is Roberto Suave. Hello, everybody. And, of course, Ben. What's up? <laughs> and we are here once again to astound and amaze you with news and information from around the magic universe. So just kick back, relax, grab a beer or a rock star and Everclear, because you know I am, and enjoy the show. Uh, looks like we actually have a uh, pretty full show this week with a lot of d- good topics and news to, to discuss. Uh, the Beamy here. Oh, I'm sorry. Robert here has uh, has gotten a ton of good information for us and so we've got a decent decent amount of stuff to cover let's get on it anything in particular you wanted to start out with there beamy um yeah the important thing is is and this relates to especially you with your mtgo um mana nation or friends at mana nation uh release the scars of mirrodin release events and this definitely I wanted to discuss with you because this this does relate to you and how much you spend on it. Uh, my question is, is the release dates are going to be the 18th at 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time or October 19th at 12, uh, 12 a.m. Uh, the release events are on October 20th. They'll come in five formats, and this is the one that really blows me away. The Scars of Meriton 16-player Swiss Sealed Fights. 24 event tickets. Would you play a sealed event for 24 event tickets? A sealed event for 24? Yeah, I would play a sealed event for 24. 24 is good compared to what they normally have done in the past. Yeah, you don't have to bring your own product for that one, so. Right. Okay. Yeah, because 24 tickets, if you think, if you break it down, that's, that's four tickets a pack, which is roughly what they, what they cost, right? So, so yeah, I, I think that that's fine. That's better. The, the PTQ, for instance, that I played this last weekend was 30 tickets for, you know, you, you get the six pack sealed. And of course, it's a PTQ, but still, comparatively, I mean, this is, this may be a little more expensive than, than a, uh, than a release event for, you know, paper magic, but it's it's not unreal. I mean, you're basically buying six packs of cards, which is what they would cost. If you go do a booster draft, it's going to cost you, 
you know, 14 tickets worth of cards because it's going to be 12 tickets worth of product and then two tickets also, right? So Yeah. Well, what about the uh, top eight premier drafts, which is the product plus four event tickets, or the sealed events, which is product plus four event tickets? Is there a is there an interest in doing any of those? Now, see that that on the other hand, I it's really going to depend. I you know I haven't I haven't actually seen the prize support for that, but that doesn't sound good. That sounds like the opposite of good. Um, just because you're you're already paying so much for the products as it is, I like the the 16 player Swiss to you know which is 24 tickets and I maybe the prize support for that is just horrible. 64 player top eight's cool, but God plus four event tickets just seems so overpriced to me. I mean that's I don't know. I would still do them. The thing is, is I I wouldn't call it being a sucker for doing this stuff. Um, I, I enjoy not only opening the cards for the first time online, but it's your first opportunity to get those cards, and it's also some of the only opportunities to play real sealed events, because anyone who plays Magic Online knows that soon after the release, the sealed queues, the sealed flights never fill up. They just, I mean, maybe if you're waiting on there for a couple hours to fill up a sealed flight, but... I personally like being able to do sealed events sometimes. Some people don't like sealed, but if you, most of the pro players actually like sealed more than you'd think because they realize it's not all just luck based like everyone says it is. Well, that was my thought on that because you, uh, you do a lot more of the pay MTGO stuff than I do. And I guess I wanted to get insight on that because I think, I think a lot of our listeners do magic online. And things like that. You know, not everybody plays paper. And, you know, right now with this coming out, it seems like, it doesn't seem like the release time between the paper and the online, it doesn't seem as long as it did for the last couple sets. Am I correct on this? Am I wrong? No, I think it's pretty close to the same. I think the main thing, I don't like the fact that there's a difference in the release period personally because... You know, the the problem with it is a lot of people do their practicing on MTGO. Well, you can't even start practicing on MTGO if the cards haven't come out yet, right? So it's hard to start getting prepared for the next events, the next, you know, IRL events. If you can't even play the cards online, you have to basically go to workstation or whatever. So I think that it's it's not in Wizards' best interest to keep doing this. I think they should actually put it out much closer to the to the actual release. But you know, uh, uh, as far as these events go, Ben, what do you think about these? Like when you look at this, does it seem all that unreasonable to you? I mean, I know that you're not you kind of get bothered about the whole digital thing to begin with, but for considering yeah. what what you're getting, it's not the digital thing as much as like the products cost pretty much full MSRP, which I don't know about you, but I just, unless I'm going to an event where you buy the packs at the event, you usually, I mean, you can buy packs of magic cards for under 250 if you just buy a box online. So, right. That's, it's like, I, you have to pay full price online. So a lot of these things, it's just, uh, you know, unless you're winning lots of product and stuff, it's just, it just costs more money. And I can't, you know, the fact of the matter is, is I, it's not adding to my collection of actual magic cards. So I can't use those in my decks 
that right. I currently have. You know, it's kind of it's like starting magic all over again. It is to some extent. I'll I'll explain real quickly. Like my my. As own. far as the things go, I mean, they're not they're not too bad. But I mean, if you go to your store, you usually just buy the product from them, and there's almost never like any kind of extra, you know, fee to play the to play the game. It's usually a couple bucks. I mean, like. Well, we went to the to the pre-release, right? And it was thirty bucks, wasn't it? Or twenty-five bucks, right? Uh, so there was, was like 25. an extra. There so was, was like, like a dollar. Yeah, yeah. So, so that I mean, that makes the so sixteen-player Swiss. So that's Swiss a suit. so that's a that's a sealed tournament that costs you know product plus one ticket. Right. Where well, they have a sixteen-player Swiss sealed that costs twenty-four. Yeah, for twenty-four. Right. So, well, all all I'm saying about like with MTGO. Is that basically like I understand your point, and I understand most people's points. Well, I don't get the cards; I can't play them in real life. Like me, and you really too. You you could if you invested more of your time online, you'd be playing a lot more online. The fact of the matter is, is those paper cards that you're talking about that you make your decks with and everything. How much time do you actually spend playing those? Whereas oh, whereas mad. digitally, you can go and play any time you want to. Constantly, you can play all day, every day, if you really wanted to. You can do it whenever you want because there's always a game. And and I, I really understand. I completely understand the benefit behind it. I just you know it's just I just don't have all the cards online. I have all the cards in my right. bedroom. So well, that's why I like doing a, these things. Though, that's the that's, difference. That's the difference. I'd like to do it, but you know, do I sell my magic collection so that I can buy cards online and do that instead? I don't know. Uh, that's the that's the question, right? Well, to me, to me, the way I look at it is this: I'd rather have the big collection online, okay, and then get the cards I need for a certain deck in real life. Because if I play the cards online, all I can play all the time. I can test decks, and the more cards I have online, the more ability it gives me to test, right? Whereas in real life, I can't test all the time whenever I want to. I mean, whether it be I can't get together with my friends at those times or I can't get down to the store for an event, I can test online. I can do that on my downtime at work. I can do that anytime I want to, and that's why it's always nice to have the cards available. But anyway, enough Well, ran- No, but what you were that. saying about this is is that what you have to realize is that our current Player of the Year uh, candidate, Brad Nelson, another Channel Fireball uh, writer, he got a start from MTGO and playing all day, every day, constantly testing, working with other people to get better, and it just translated well into real life magic. Well yeah, when you started on a thousand uh, games of right. practice in a set, it's gonna be better than the guy who play tests, you know, maybe a hundred times. Right, exactly. Well and that's and that's why I love these events, because to me, every sealed event is an opportunity to build my collection, right? Every time, every draft is also, but the, like, I'll, I'll say, th- I'll say this about this whole thing. It may not be the most efficient thing for people who are trying to spend their money wisely. Realistically, you, if you, if, if it's all about that, it's not about getting the cards, it's about making the most of your money. Then people should not be in the release events at all. They should wait until after the cards are released and they do, you know, if they do the uh, four pack sealed tournaments, 
Now, these are just the release events, right? But they're not the like what actually is going to happen after Scars is released, I'm assuming. So there, there could be... Uh, there could be a like four four pack sealed like there is for M11 right now. That is probably the most beneficial to people that are trying to not only that are trying to make the most of their money. I mean for right. for you know four packs of cards, you get uh, you don't pay any tickets. You open all those packs and then you play a, a Swiss, and if you win one game you get one pack if you win two games you get three packs and if you win all three games you get five packs which is is easily to me the best way to get your collection built up and give yourself enough product to be able to continue playing without it costing you an arm and a leg uh, that's that it, that's the kind of stuff where you can really you know make the most of your money but if you're good enough if you're good enough almost anything on here you can make your money at. You just have to get better. So you start off with the things like Swiss to try and be able to build up your skills to get good enough to where you don't have to, you know, keep wasting your money losing in four three two two cues. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd love to play Magic Online more, you know, but uh, you know, alas, I am unemployed. <laughs> so. Yeah. That's true. I mean, I guess. Like when, I said, it's between. It's, if it's it's between, like, okay, well, yeah, the only way I could really justify doing it is by getting rid of some of my cards, you know, or you know, however many cards I need to 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 do that. So, you know, it's not. Maybe it's a good idea. Maybe I should get rid of some of this stuff, if especially if I'm not using it, just you know, to get in there and start playing more. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's something like again. Uh, like you, Ben. I'm really, my biggest complaint is the, is the fact that it that it is that it is full price. So that you know, I mean, I could sell my cards and just go buy some packs for two fifty, right? I could just go you know buy some booster boxes and play that way, you know. So I could I could theoretically play more Magic that way, you know, not as fast, you know, but uh, you know, I'd, I'd have more cards. Right. Overall. Well, you'd have more cards. I don't that have you to win. To, I don't have to win to be on top. Right. Right. And and I agree with that. Like I understand where you're coming from. I think that that's that's a that's what most people feel about it. And that's and that's part of the problem, though, is the fact that that winning, like like say I go into a four through, or I mean a the a four pack Swiss, right? If if I won the event, that buys me another four pack Swiss. So I just got oh, yeah. free five more packs of cards. Okay, and then and then say I just win two. Well, that's three more packs combined with the other extra pack I had. That's another Swiss. So it's you're you're able to continue playing, and and in the end, it really evens itself out. I mean, you really like you can't go buy a booster box and win prizes playing in a draft with your friends, okay? But but when you start winning prizes online, it equals itself out with the you know the cost that you'd be saving buying a real booster box of cards. It it doesn't even necessarily even itself out. Sometimes it can be even better. So you, it's just a it's just a matter of what you want to do. Like me, I want to get the most out of my cards. And if if I got the most out of my cards when they were in paper, then I would do it that way. But the fact of the matter is, is I get well over. I probably get twenty to thirty times the playability out of the cards that I have online, as opposed to the ones I do, you know, in real life. So the decks that I really like that I make online, I'll build in real life. But 
Other than that, I'd rather have my cards digital. It's too much like living a double life. Yeah, yeah. I like living the double life. Yeah. Well, Medina's gotten pretty interested in playing and doing the online trading lately too, so. Well, oh, yeah, and if you do it right, you could probably make, you know, at least pay for your for your payment or for your playing, so. Right. Well, well speaking of well, then it looks like we've got through that. It looks like there's many interesting options out there for people who actually want to do it. And now that it's nice to get a better understanding of how, you know, people look at MTGO from both sides of the book, from both yours and Ben's side. It's quite interesting to look at that. There was a, another article from our friends at uh, Mana Nation uh, from Adam Strip. Borsky, I'm going to butcher that, and I apologize, about nothing has changed in the last 12 years of magic. Uh, basically, the same seven good habits, uh, card advantage, bluffing occasionally, saving your destruction spells for when you need them. Uh, if you need to destroy something, do it at the last reasonable moment. If you have the lands that you don't need, keep them in hand instead of playing them. I have fallen guilty to that numerous times, yeah. where it's like, I have the land. Oh hell, I'll just play it anyways. Uh, that that's that's something I've been guilty of. And give your opponent every opportunity to make a mistake. And if you can only win certain things that are true, assume those things that are true and play accordingly. Uh, it is it is kind of funny that you. Uh, I actually watched a video today um, on another story that we'll discuss later on on a Mike Flores article where. This this uh, Japanese dude was playing uh, PVR, and it took him six minutes to do his turn because he had miscounted his mana. And all of a sudden, he's like, he had no way of getting it done. He needed he needed to pull. He didn't. He was trying to figure out how he could do it because he had miscounted to get to where he needed to get to. And then all of a sudden, he realized the only way he was going to get it was to play a card that killed one of the, his opponent's creatures and drew him a card and he had to draw the card off the top. So the it was quite interesting to see him do it and hit it and the look on PVR's face is, is like, oh god he hit it. Really? <laughs> but it is kind of interesting because a lot of those rules, you know, are still in the play right now. I mean, there's, I mean, a lot of times, especially with the, if you need to destroy something, do it at the least reasonable moment. How many times have you seen in tournament play? I saw it this weekend. I saw it last weekend at the pre or at the release party where your, your opponent will play something and you have the answer immediately. So instead of letting it resolve and waiting to do it on you know, your turn or his next turn to actually do something about it before he can use it, you instantly destroy it. Right. And once you do that, your com- the opponent immediately can change his strategy and have enough time ahead of time to change it. See, the only problem that I have with that, it, it, everything, and I agree with what you're saying completely, normally you want to do things at the last possible moment, which I, I talk about, well, I'll talk about that later, but so... You want to do things normally at the last possible moment. The only time when sometimes you can't, when, like, you need to destroy something when you can. Like, say you're playing a blue-black deck, and they have a Howling Banshee that's just beating your face. 
and you have the way to take care of that. But you know, you you need to like say they're tapped out. Well, you need to take care of that while you can, because if you let them untap, well, of course they're going to pound into your face again before they do anything. Which means that if you try and kill that in response, they're going to counter it, right? So you have to be aware of things like counter spells and stuff too. Like I don't know, there's there's just so many times like say that say they have a creature attacking. And you wait until that creature's attacking, and then they giant growth their creature. Well, obviously, that's the time to kill it, right? But if they have counter magic open, then you may have waited too long, because if they giant growth, you try and destroy it, they counter, then you just wasted your spell. So if you, so if you had, at the same, if then if you had killed that when they were tapped out at the end, at, during your turn, then you wouldn't be facing, you know, lethal damage right now or whatever. It, it's it's all depends on the situation, but I agree with what you're saying. Do it. At, do it. At I would. The, I would say you'd wait till the last possible safe moment to do exactly. it. Exactly. You wait until the last possible moment that you can. In other words, the right. moment where you can do something. It's like and if it's, you, you could wait and hold out just in case you know they're dropping something worse, you know, the next turn. But you know, sometimes you just need to just take care of it. Right. And the sooner the better because you know it's. I know, I know, I do, especially in limited, where, uh, you know, someone will have some, like, weak-ass threat, like a, you know, a little 1-1 flyer, and before you know it, he's done, like, 9 damage to you because you just didn't fucking kill it with that, you know, the card you had in your hand the whole game because you're just waiting for the big next thing that's yeah, going to come out. exactly. And it just never comes. Right. Well, there's always, there's always debate up for that, but it, this is just a... This is his version of the seven steadfast rules that has not changed over time in Magic. And a lot of them are very applicable to what happens right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, going on to the next one, <clears throat> uh, we have three articles from our friends at Quiet Speculation. And uh, the first one is the revenue review. It's It's interesting to see what, you know, you were just talking about making money. In magic and, and how to keep yourself profitable yet, you know, not feel like you're being, you know, by winning decks and packs and stuff like that. Well, they talk, this article, uh, discuss cards that are available in the major, uh, play decks that are going to be playable now about cards that are going to be out there that are, are good to play and probably going to be at a low a low price. And they run through a series of cards out there that you might be able to get a little cheaper than you expected and might be able to make some return on it. Uh, the card in there that that I like a lot that they discuss in there is Renegade Doppelganger. And you saw that with uh, Dredgevine. Uh, they would play Renegade Doppelganger and then they would bring back Vengevine and all of a sudden they'd be attacking with five Vengevines instead of three or two. Right. Uh, that was just the one I brought up real quick with that one. That's a, again, that's another one of those articles that if you're interested in making a little extra on what you have, it's a very good article to read. Uh, there's one here on public relations. Uh, this, this is a lot of, uh, relevance. A lot of us that deal in paper, uh, have to, you know, we have to make trades and stuff like that. And this discuss a lot about 
what you can do on your end to be a positive when you walk in there and not look like you're the shark that's going to go in there and take every one of their good cards and screw them blind. So this uh, is little... this is concerning trading mostly then, right? Yes, this yeah. is considering trading mostly. Uh, I usually the... just jack people's cards personally. I mean, you know. Well, there you go. <laughs> but, but the but the first thing that they talk about, and this is very 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 important, because for some reason this seems to be lost with just people in general, is caring about your personal appearance and how you look. Uh, the running joke about uh, Gen Con was that you'd go, it's the best three days in gaming, except for it's the best three days in gaming without a shower. Right, yeah, exactly. And, and the last thing you want to do at Grand Prix Portland or Grand Prix Toronto or, you know, any major PTQ is come in there and look like you have not kept yourself in any sort of cleanliness for an extended period of time. Uh, it's not you, if you would happen to go up to a John Medina or a Kelly Reed with your trade binder and you look and smell like you have not done anything to yourselves in an extended period of time, they're not going to want to trade with you. And if they are, they're going to trade with you as quickly as they can and probably take you for as much as you can. Well, and this is a very important point that you bring up. And I want to throw this out there. This is a free piece of advice coming from me right now. I'll tell you guys, everyone in the magic community that doesn't isn't already aware, and many of us are good about this, but there's still a few people out there that just haven't heard the news. There's this new thing out. It's called deodorant. And what it does is it prevents you from stinking. So most people should invest in deodorant. And the people that already are deodorized, you may want to carry a can of air freshener around in your bag just for the when you come across those people that aren't. That's just free. You know, I'm not charging for that. I just want you all to know. Well, after after reading that, if you actually want to attempt to find out what things are going at, um, another article on there is called the Nut Draw, this, the, the the demand matrix, and it discuss it shows actual charts on. What is being sold? What the eBay price is being sold at? What the average buy of it's being sold at? So if you're looking to trade or to potentially buy something from somebody, you can look at it and say, oh, uh, the average buy for a Vengevine is $21.33. So if I'm looking to make trades with somebody, I could trade for two Slytherista Blight Dragons and not feel like I got totally ripped off. That's awesome, so, man. That's a very good good article for people that are, you know, more concerned about that about the financial aspect for sure. Well, we're all trying to make good trades. We're all trying to make decent trades and not feel like we're getting ripped off blind. And this is an opportunity for someone to actually go into the situation of realizing what it's being bought at, so you don't sit there and go, "Well, it's selling for thirty five dollars online," and going, "Yes, but." We and everyone else is only buying it at twenty. Right. You know, yeah. That's that's the difference. Is what a lot of people go out there and buy when they look to sell stuff. They look at what the current the, the current sell price is, and that's the thing is is retailers can't buy primeval titans for sixty bucks. 
they can't sell them to make <laughs> they need to sell them to make profit. So if they buy it from you for say 35, they can make profit from it. I'm the worst trader in the world, man. Seriously, like I am the worst. Like Ben can even attest to the fact that I just suck at trading. I I don't get. I never win on the deal. It's not that I I just don't care. Really, is what it is. Like I completely understand people trying to make their money on it, but I mean Ben's seen me trade stupid, like really good cards for just complete garbage many times. So yeah. Yeah. Well, and when you do that, you should do it with me. So. <laughs> I'm That's sure the only reason I don't complain that. is that you're giving really good cards to other people. <laughs> if you're trading it within your own group, that's an okay. It just means the cards are staying within the within the within the collective that you have. It's when you're trading with other people and giving it to them, and they're using it for their own profit and their own thing is is a bad thing. So it's not necessarily the worst thing. No, no. Well, uh, yeah, but it's not always with just my group. I mean. I traded like a foil lotus cobra for for uh like two blood gas two yeah complete like probably now probably like fifteen dollars worth of cards at most and that was when when uh lotus cobra had just come out so I mean the thing was worth like I don't know sixty bucks or something was that the pre-release wasn't it yeah it was right after that. So that was good. This shows you that A, we're all human, and B, that you can make really good trades with people even when they're not expecting it. Yeah, well, I got what I needed. That was the, that was the key. Like, I knew, I knew what it was worth. I just wanted cards without having to, like, sell the card. So, anyway, I got what I needed. That's good. Uh, didn't you say we had some, uh, Channel Fireball stuff to talk about. Yes, uh, if you've not read the Scars of Mirrodin sets reviews from LSV, he's gone through all of them except for the second part of his artifacts. And personally, what I'm intending to do for uh, Grand Prix Toronto is put a digital copy of it um, on paper and when I start building my seal pool, I'm going to reflect on it because to be able to see what his thoughts on our certain card, if I'm debating between two or three cards at the end, to look at him and say, this card's a 2-5 and this is why it's a 2-5 and another one is a 1, it might mean the difference between me dumping a card and putting it in the sideboard and having a card that in there that might make a difference in me winning a match or two. So his articles are always very detailed and right to the point and and filled with little, why. little little goofy comments and Ben have you ever read any of LSV's set reviews? Yes. Do you like them? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh okay, well there um, again Ben a man of many words. Well I'll I'll just say that like to me that's one of my favorite things that I look forward to is reading LSV's set reviews at the beginning of, uh, you know, when each set comes out. I, I think that he's got a really good perspective. And the, the main thing is, is he does such a good job of describing each card. The obvious ones, of course, he glosses over, but for the most part, he describes each card. And not only does he describe whether or not he likes it, but he describes 
how he likes it, what what's good about it, what could make this card good. And and that's what I think's really cool because sometimes he'll get you to think about a card that you either easily dismissed or that you hadn't thought about in the way that, that he's thinking about it. And so it's really cool to hear that from him. It's true. Um, there was another article on there uh, from our current our current leader for Player of the Year, Brad Nelson, uh, revisiting Naya again and what his versions of Naya could be that could run well. Uh, it is a very again, it's another in another insight from another from the current Player of the Year uh, to get his thoughts on what the deck might look like uh, to see that Naya may not be truly dead. Uh, considering after what it lost after the end of this rotation. It's another good article. And then one of my favorite articles because of, uh, because of Conley Woods, who's on Monday Night Magic, uh, he has a breaking through article about, uh, celebrating a new standard. And this deck is, he has two decks on there that, uh, involve a card. Again, this is another pure, Conley Woods, I'm gonna rogue deck this thing to deck and to death, and you're gonna <laughs> like it. And it doesn't, it doesn't seem to make any sense at all to anybody who would play it. But again, this is the same person who came out with Soul Sisters. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you gotta look at things that when he comes up with stuff, he's coming up with stuff that is relevant and the card he uses in there is called Furnace Celebration. It's the theme behind both of his decks. When you sacrifice another permanent, you may pay two. If you do so, it deals two damage to target creature or player. Now, what's the fun thing about these decks uh, that you can read on Channel Fireball? It, it again, it's not it doesn't have anything to do with what you would think. This is, these are decks that if you played against them, you would spend the first game tr- attempting to figure out what they're doing. And then if you lost to him the first game, the second game is you wouldn't have sideboard to stop him. Right. So more than yeah. likely, this is another set of decks that would mow through a field and potentially win you a states because they're not prepared for this. Yeah, and if nothing else, I uh, mean, even... I, oh, go ahead, Ben. Oh, well, the, he's got that second deck there, which is pretty much tons and tons of Eldrazi spawn, um, you know, along with all the boosters and and whatnot. And, of course, every time you sack one to get the one colorless mana, you can use that one colorless mana to pump the two to deal two damage to anything, which is totally sick. But, you know, it's like one ratchet bomb away from just being totally decimated. I totally think... Uh, Ratchet Bomb's gonna be, you know, in a lot of sideboards just no. because it does stop no anything one's like that. It stops Ratchet anything Bomb. within time, but especially tokens, it's just like, it's a two casting cost, you know, Wrath of God for tokens. No, man, Ratchet Bomb's horrible, dude. No one's gonna be playing that card. Okay, I'm just kidding, obviously. So anyway, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, sure Ratchet Bomb is sick and I'm, and people will be playing that all over the place, but, and, and you know the other problem with with that is that I've already heard people talking about how they're already running uh, what's the uh, uh, pyroclasm. So you're, he's going to have tons of enemies out there already. It seems like. 
you may have a lot of enemies out there, but the problem is, is if you're preparing for states right now, you're preparing for Valakut Ramp, you're preparing for Eldrazi Green, you're preparing for Blue-White Control. None of those three major decks would give you any reason at all to have a Pyroclasm in your hand. And I don't think you're going to be seeing any artifact decks out there running right away at states. Well, so no. This, I, th- this, I think we will. I really think we will. I mean, this is where everyone's coming together with their decks and whatnot, you know. It's like everyone knows all the old stuff. If if there is a new deck out there, someone's going to bring it to states. I mean... I've got this, this deck that deck. I... It's time for the new decks. I was going to play. this. This To me, this is like the coolest new idea, right? There's this card in M11... It's called Relentless Rats, right? I was thinking about just putting, like, 30 Relentless Rats in a deck. Innovation! (laughs) Now, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. You are stealing Tom's deck idea from Monday Night Magic. Oh! He is in the process. Did someone actually make, like, a a, a relatively competitive Relentless Rats deck? I think it's... it's people have dabbled with them and actually done well when it when it works. So he is in the process of trying to accumulate enough relentless threats to actually make the deck. So oh man, stealing from Mark, stealing <laughs> from the guy who runs MTG cast. I told you oh, I steal man. people's stuff, man. I mean, come on. Oh, you're killing me. Sometimes oh. you have to cheat to win. Yes. <laughs> um, I I am actually going to skip ahead here. Uh, Two Mirrodin Besiege cards have already been spoiled already. And they are uh Now, see, I haven't seen this, so i got to look at this. Okay. Actually, I can't do that because I'm going to kill our connection. Yeah. It's Peace Strider and Pierce Strider. Peace Strider is when Peace Strider enters the battlefield, you gain three life, a 4-4 for 3-3. And Pierce Strider, which is the one I think if you would get it, you'd want it. That's the one you'd want in more of a competitive situation, which is a four colorless three three target opponent loses three life. See, that's something I can get behind. Yes, absolutely. It's along like, with the Blood Chief's Ascension. Oh, I, I'm telling you, this that card. I, I'm not going to say it's it's a first pickable in the next set because way too early to start predicting that. But if this card comes around to you after the first, you know, like maybe two or three, uh, anything that goes out there and is a 4-4 for 3-3, which almost immediately passes the power and toughness for mana cost thing, and it does your opponent three life. I mean, he he pretty much, it's like haste, only better. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because he just, it's like, you know, he gets the haste damage in, but they can't block it. They just lose the life. Right, it's like a Howling Banshee without the drawback of it hitting you, basically, is what it is. And that's that's pretty awesome. Or, or the drawback of it being flying and able to kill shit. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, being flying is such a drawback. I, I, I don't want I, any flying I know, in my man. deck. But I'm so, just saying, that's, that's the drawback. I'd rather take three damage and probably get the, uh, you know, and do that. Well, no, I know, I understand that. What... You said it's dealing three damage, though, so it's not loss of life. Is that correct? Mm. Yeah, target so, loss of life is three. So that's actually better anyway, because then you can actually hit hit planeswalkers with that. Howling Banshee's loss of life, so. 
No, it says target no, opponent. No, target Fierce opponent Strider loses three life. Also, yeah, oh, I thought you life. said. Oh, okay, sorry. I thought you said damage. No, no, no. no. That's no, no. what happens. Sorry. Okay, cool. But well, those are the two new released ones, and obviously the ones that the three of us agree on are the better one is the Pierce Strider by and far. Um, no, I mean, no one likes to gain life. Like you know, it's just not, just not nearly as good at all. What are you if talking you gain, about, Soul if, Sisters, man? Yeah, but if you gain life in this set and you're running against someone who has infect, you can gain a thousand life, and it doesn't matter. You're going to lose. <laughs> so I mean, it's a possibility that that could happen. Uh, I'm going to talk about uh, the next one. Uh, the Ruel brothers have come back to uh, doing articles, and including they're also going to be doing um, video drafts. And uh, uh, Antone was like the first one to do video draft, video drafts. Period. And now he's going to be doing that on Channel Fireball. He has an article about approaching the new standard. Um, Which, yeah, is pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, And the other one uh, has figuring out tiebreakers because I will tell you this. How many people, and I saw it happen this weekend at the pre-release, where they got to the point where it was tiebreakers to determine who was going to make the draft, and most of the people said, okay, 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 but they didn't count on the person who was 8-9 playing. Right. Yeah. And because of that, someone who shook hands got screwed. Right. So well, we've therefore, seen even good old Conley get, get kind of screwed when he thought he was uh, shaking hands into a, into a top 8 and ended up ninth. right? So it, it's happened many times. So the tiebreakers, that's a very, very important thing, especially you play in a competitive level. You do not want to get screwed out of a top eight by that at all. Right. Uh, the next one I want to go to, uh, and I, we discussed this on Monday Night Magic, uh, Gush is back in, uh, has been unbanned, and that card is going to make vintage slash legacy blue control happy again. Um, the other thing is, is in the bottom of this article, uh, slips in a red deck wins deck, uh, that could be used at states that for some reason, you know, we talk about blue white, we talk about Eldrazi, we talk about, um, Valakut Ramp. No one's talking about red deck wins. And he puts a very good Red Deck Wins article uh, deck together with, of course, Koth. That could very much be a very competitive, competitive deck. Hey, wait a minute now. We talked about Big Head Joe's Red Deck Wins. Well, yeah. <laughs> just kidding, man. No, I agree. That actually, I think a lot I mean, of people... I like that deck list a lot. Like, it just seems so crazy to, you know have less than 10 lands in your deck. Oh, I, I like and it, too. And be able to play it. Yeah, I was I was kidding. I actually think it's kind of amusing and cool and would be fun, definitely, to take to, like, some unsuspecting F&M or something. But, see, the thing the thing I agree with you, with you, Robert, is, like, Koth and Red Deck, 
everyone jumped on the cough bandwagon immediately, but no one's been saying anything about what to do with him now that now that he's there, here. So, and that's true. And this you know, and this this article um, by Owen, it's again, it's seventy five percent of it is on the effect of gush, but that last twenty five percent that talks about red deck wins. You know, I mean, you're, when you're getting the, when you're getting the pros to come out with these articles, especially a lot of them do on Channel Fireball, they're giving you deck ideas that could work right now. That could be the difference between you finishing nowhere in states and potentially top eighting slash winning states. And I thought it was quite interesting, uh, that, that a lot of these guys, you know, between, uh, between Brad Nelson and between Conley Woods and, you know, Owen Turwalt that are doing this. It's quite interesting. Uh, and speaking of states and how to beat states, um, there's a, another one on, uh, Matt Nass wrote on beating the best deck, another Channel Fireball article on beating the best decks. And he goes through what the weaknesses and strengths are of those, of those decks and how to beat them. And a lot of times you. Which you is a really big them. article right now. Like people who are going to states should be reading this article. Absolutely. I, I have no doubt about it. And it's absolutely important because yes, we all want to build our deck. We all want to test our deck. Um, but if you don't know how to prepare uh, for the main standard decks that are going to be out there, uh, you're going to be in real trouble. Uh, you need to know what the weaknesses of each deck are, and therefore this is a great article to be able to go through that. And then the last one from our friends at Channel Fireball uh, is a limited strategy for Scars of Mirrodin, which when I saw it, I smiled greatly because it... It's what I need for for Grand Prix Toronto. And to have someone who has done quite well in limited format be able to sit there with you and go, this is what I'm seeing, this is the way it goes, helps. You combine this with the LSV article set reviews, and you can pretty much find your way through a sealed event without... Without too much difficulty, and it's and really super important, man. Because this is that's basically what the season is. We're in the limited season right now, so listening to this kind of limited strategy is very important to people who want to get better at their game. Uh, even if you listen to limited resources, guys on MTG Cast, people are always saying you improve my game so much. This guy's a pro. Yep. So. Well, and the thing about it is, is if you look at the articles in general. Uh, the one nice thing about Channel Fireball is, is there's no premium section to it. Right. That's one, guys, one of the things I love. These guys are about. doing it, and they're doing it free. Right. They're doing it and doing it and doing it well and free. Yes, I want to do it with them right now. <laughs> and then, and then there's. <laughs> <laughs> Should I throw you off a little bit there? Yes. Here's one more article from Mike Flores, uh, which talks about getting the most out of Mystifying Maze. Is and that on 5withflores.com? Yes, it is. And 
Mystifying Maze has been a very effective deck in and in that article and in that article from Mike Flores, there's a deck tech with uh, Brian David Marshall, his co-host of Top Top Eight Magic, and they have a deck tech with the guy who finished second at New York about his green Eldrazi that he runs with Mystifying Maze and how it worked so well with being able to remove answers for a turn for him to do as well as he did and how the deck was put together. So if you're planning to run green Eldrazi at States, you probably should look at this article and watch the video deck tech on it because the guy who ran it second also won uh, at another place with it and just made minor changes to the deck between now and then based on what he thought was going to happen for uh, states. I really think that Flores should come on here and discuss some of this, some of this deck tech ideas and some of his other deck tech ideas and maybe even pimp out Flores rewards. I think that would be the best use of his time. Well, you know, he makes, he makes very limited on air appearances, I mean, outside of top eight magic. And then when he does top eight magic, he gives us like three and a half hours of content. It's almost like combining our show with, uh, uh, it's more and- like three hours of content because the other half an hour is, uh, you know, him uh, taking a taking piss. A piss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or yeah, like, you gotta remember, you guys, I got- was listening to it, man. I was about to, I was about to call the doctor, dude. I was like, man, <laughs> This, See, but what you guys, you guys got to remember is is Conley has already joked about doing a podcast from us from in the shower. Yeah, oh, so we we know, and I think he was even joking in that episode about being on the toilet or something. So, you know, Conley, he if he wants to call us while he's taking a dump, I'm, that's fine. He can call us and talk to us while he's taking a dump. You, know? you have no shame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But that's that's pretty much it about the news. Uh, you know, we've been we were very fortunate that uh, this week, you know, being able to, you know, hit up the stuff for MTGO release, um, the stuff for Quiet Speculation, and obviously the the nine ten articles we got from Channel Fireball this week. It, it was it was funny. It's just it's it's so nice to be able to get quality content for. You know, for free, and as long as you go to the site and, you know, you want to go to the site and support the site because if you do this, you know, you're supporting them and they're able to keep their content free, which allows, allows you, the reader, to be able to get the, the pros that are doing quite well, including player of the year, uh, for free. So, you know, if you go to the site, support the site, buy some stuff, it allows them to keep their articles on the free side, which is everyone in this group enjoys the free articles, <laughs> you know, especially me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. So that seems to be the end of the news for now. Um, the the deck, the deck tech, the – I apologize for that um, – the next the next segment is uh, for uh, deck ideas. Uh, basically, what we want as a group is we want your your decks that you're running for states and how they did. Um, and if you know, send them in. 
uh, manscrewed, gmail.com. Send them in. Uh, we will review them uh, on air, and we will uh, allow the listeners and our, our group of budding pros to be here between the three of us to uh, uh, review them and give feedback on them because this right now is, like we've discussed before, this is where everything changes. Right. And yeah. how you do it states... I mean, right now you go out there, you may finish 30th out of 300. Send your deck in and say, okay, I like this about it. I didn't like this about it. You know, this is what we might have done. And then allow us to take a look at it and just throw some thoughts back on you. I mean, Ben's already talked about Ratchet Bomb. Right. And how, how important of a card that's going to be. And I, Ben, I can't argue, I can't argue less with you on this because I believe totally that Ratchet Bomb I mean either, it's too as colorless. Yep. I mean what e- deck doesn't it go in exactly? Either you main, you main like deck a this deck or that already has it. <laughs> I mean yeah. a deck that already has Wrath of God maybe, but I don't know. Yeah. Well let me maybe. just let me just interject here. This this is the thing. We haven't had many deck lists lately and we had a whole bunch of them to begin with and and you know, we had a lot of guests on and things. We want to let everyone know that we we do want your state's deck list so that we can go over them. We can we can uh, give feedback on it. We also want your deck lists in general. So don't feel like what we're asking you for is just your state's deck list. If you have a deck list for your next F and M, send us the deck list. We love going over those things. We want you to understand that we are here to help. So if you send us your deck list, we will go over it. On the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I, I wanted to go there to the segment that we're going to try to run. We're going to try to run every week, and this is podcasts to listen to. But, gentlemen, I have, I have two people that would like to talk about a podcast that they currently do. And would like them to discuss their podcast with us. I really do like they're on it right now. So we will <laughs> give it a second here for the other gentleman to connect in here. Let's do it. Yeah, I look like I'm still answering, but I'm here. What is well, up? Yeah, what's up? Uh, not much. That's a long freaking podcast. Well, <laughs> long for us. How long well, is a long podcast for you guys? You're not too well, long okay. usually, so, are you? I, 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 re- I just retract my, my statement. I've, I've listened to like your three-hour. <laughs> Someone actually listened to that? That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't even listen to that one. Oh, what are you talking about, man? The first hour and a half flew by. Hey, hey John. Hey. Hey. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves and let, let, the, let the audience know who we brought in? Sounds first. Okay, uh, hey, I'm Jonathan from Four Spikes. What is up? <laughs> Hi, What's Jonathan up? from Four Spikes. <laughs> Hi, Jonathan from Four Spikes. <laughs> uh, my, name, my name is Greg, and I'm also from Four, Four Spikes. Hi, Greg from Four Spikes. Jonathan and Greg from Four Spikes. Glad to have you guys on. Is that the infamous tangent? What was that? Is that the infamous tangent? This is the infamous tangent. You are correct. All right. 
Yeah, good to have you guys on for sure. You can plug your your you can plug four spikes anytime. I'm sure Ben would like to plug four spikes too. <laughs> <laughs> He's we laughing because it's true. You're my tangerine. <laughs> we were just we were just talking about podcasts listens to this week. So why don't you tell us about last week's episode and what you're going to talk about in this week's episode so people know to listen to it. I should talk about last week's episode. I'll talk about this week's episode. Uh, sure. Um, last week, we... Well, actually, we, we just got done recording this episode, which is why we're hopping on here. Um, but last week, we had our fifth episode. We're fairly new. I'm just going to pull it up because... Because it was so long ago, I can't remember. Yeah, it's a bit of work all day, and I'm at class after that, and let's see. Oh, the art of chess boxing, of course. Uh, we we were we actually tried our first Skype last week because we want to get more into this whole technology thing, and <laughs> uh, one it went fairly well. We talked about our pre-release experiences and our release, and I actually just uh got done listening to some of the other podcasts on the MTG Cast Network about pre-release releases. Um, yeah, so that was mostly last week, just covering Scars and Mirrored and stuff. Awesome. And so this week, you guys, are you going to give us some sort of uh, like a uh, preview of what's going to be happening on this next episode? Yeah, absolutely. We we talked about states for, I don't even, we don't know what it's, what it's going to be cut down to, but it was definitely over an hour, probably like an hour and a half. States this, states that. Talk about what you should have in your gauntlet, what types of decks you should expect to see this Saturday, uh, what you should do in preparation for going to a, a, a tournament like States, uh, all sorts of stuff of that general nature. So it was, it was a good time. That sounds awesome. Yeah, you guys, are you guys, are you guys playing in States on Saturday? Uh, I would love to be playing in States on Saturday, but I'm actually going to be performing a wedding on Saturday. Dude, what? where are your priorities? He's marrying his mom. I'm marrying oh, my mom. God. How many people can say that? <laughs> Jeez. I know. It's good to be me. Yes. <laughs> be me? What? Yeah, yeah. Just yes, yes. yes. a joke about be me's name. <laughs> no, no, no. We've already <laughs> heard that explanation of uh, be me. Come on. Listen yeah. to more podcasts. <laughs> We've already gone through that. We've already gone through that. Um, no, but we were talking about um, some. We were running through the other podcasts you should listen to this week. Uh, I also want to plug Monday Night Magic uh, 227, not 257, as it was originally listed. Uh, it was a quality show this week. It was only Tom, Jack, and myself. Uh, Who did very, most of the talking on that show? Just out of curiosity. <laughs> uh, no clue, no idea. <laughs> you know, I, I I actually do have a hard time telling Tom and uh, I think Eric apart. Oh yeah, well I everyone have does. That same kind yeah. of tone of voice until you hear them talking to each other. Then you then you definitely know who's talking. Well, did you listen to this most recent episode episode though, Ben? I did not. Okay, well you'll I've understand been on a what I'm man. saying. I I only I only listen to podcasts when I'm working. Right. And like a, a oh, so new you're, podcast schedule. You're not going to be listening to any for quite some time then. <laughs> yeah, damn right. So, did you guys, uh, my, the uh, wonderful four spikes, gents? Did you guys listen to the to the Monday Night Magic yet? 
Heck yeah, I was listening on my way to work today, and the Beamy was on a roll. <laughs> yeah, he's Robert tearing it up. Took, yeah, he tore it up. He took control, and it was awesome. And, you know, usually, like, that's that's what Connolly does there, and he definitely gets the majority of time when he's on. But absent Connolly, Robert stepped up, and I have to say, good job, man. Props, represent Milwaukee, because you really took it up a notch. Yeah, man, way to take over the baby powder. Well, like I said, the boss. Like I said, next week, next week when Conley's on, I'm going to be battling him over the baby powder. So we can just make it perfectly clear there. We also we also want to discuss that Limited Resources had their 52nd episode a year in, and as most of us have known, that they have made we referred to earlier in the show they've made a tremendous impact on Limited Magic. And this week's show, uh, they did, like they said, they got email after email after email saying, wow, after listening to your three plus hour podcast, you know, how much of a difference it made going into my release and pre-release thing. And it was quite interesting to, these are guys that do it for the pure love of it. And they're so humble about doing that, especially when they're like, Wow, you know, we, you know, we really help people like that. And I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, I think we it's also, awesome. we, uh, I actually, right. I don't know if I told you this, but, uh, I was sitting right across from Ryan at the, uh, Grand Prix in Portland and I didn't even realize it. It was his conversation on one of the, on the episode after the Grand Prix Portland that made me realize that I was the guy sitting right across from him. Oh, really? Yeah, he was, uh, I can't remember exactly what was going on, but he he was having issues with the guy that was sitting directly across from me. He was like kind of kitty corner from me, and then and then I we were t- I asked him where he normally played or what he normally did, and he said that he normally played online. And my brain's just not working. I'm not putting this together. And uh, you know, eventually I said, "Yo, yeah, I had an epic fail on online the other day. I I cast a fireball, and I cast it." for zero with zero targets but i cast it for four right so so i basically just cast this fireball into space right and he's like you can't do that and i was like no you can because i just did it and he's like no you can't do that you have to have a target and so we got into this little argument but eventually i was like well it says any number of targets so zero is still a number and so eventually he you know, he agreed with me that that was possible, but it was just funny that we were having this banter back and forth, and I never even knew it was him. So, I, I mean, I've talked to him about it since then. Now that you know, after the episode, and I realized that was that was him, but it was just strange. Well, yeah. Well, <clears throat> apologize for that. Uh, we also also another episode to listen to this week. Uh, the A team had their eighth episode with uh, Trick Jarrett on this week, and. Even though it does sound like he's he is dying at the moment, uh, he came in, did a very good segment with them, uh, and then the funniest part about the rest of the show was is how much they were uh, giving giving love to uh, all the wives and all the other stuff on the show. So it was kind of interesting to uh, hear them talk about that like that. So it was another good episode to listen to. Um, you know, Raiders of the Teferi Puzzle Box, if you haven't listened to them, again, not a ton of magic content, but they're really super funny. And 
We have uh, the... I, I, I listened to, like, one of their episodes, and I yes. did not understand what was happening. What What is the deal with that podcast? They basically spend <laughs> the first hour of their podcast talking about uh, anything that goes on in their lives, and basically, if anyone new comes on the show, how they can embarrass them by <laughs> making them answer questions about the first time they've done this, or what would they do for a thousand bucks... What do you and, mean by the first uh, time they've done this? What 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 this are we talking about there, Robert? Okay. Just have a little skibbit of one in front of me. <laughs> yeah, my microphone seems to be cutting out there. Uh, you so know, yeah, they, they're they're great though. I mean they're really funny, but if you're looking for magic content, you either skip to like the last fifteen minutes of the episode or you just skip them altogether. They're they're awesome to listen to, but if you if you're really hardcore into magic and you don't care about the personal stuff, then it's probably not the best podcast. But they have they have they're so funny and if you just want a a break from all magic content all the time and want to laugh a little bit. Uh, this one has a great thing. Sam's wife Candace is on there and he finally gets to realize that there's uh, more to her life than just Sam. Uh, it almost like it's one of those moments where you're talking to people and then all of a sudden your wife says something and you kind of get that moment of the wait a minute, you've never said that to me moment. And you could just feel that as she was talking in the podcast that there, there must have been a look on Sam's face of, oh, really? I didn't think this was going to happen. Uh, you never said anything about that. So I thought it was kind of interesting. Uh, also, UMTG Taps had their 40th episode. And we also want to thank Big Head Joe for being on last week's podcast and running the entire show by himself last week. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Hey, man, I think a couple of us got some words in there, but, yeah, no, he did a great job. It was really good to have him on, and, of course, as we sure. said before, he's welcome anytime. No, no nobody nobody got words in on last You did. <laughs> you did. You did. Yes, yes, uh, I'm pretty sure I did. But, yeah, no, we, we want to, you know, we want to talk about, uh, you know, that's, you know, those are the podcasts that, you know, we recommend you listening to this week. Um, obviously, Tangent, now, you've, discussed back and forth at least with me the, some questions you've had to the four spikes guys about their cube and the cube thing uh Can throw some at them quick <laughs> yeah oh, i yeah i had some, I had some questions cube? about the cube yes sell us cube yeah Dude. um yeah Wait, i've got so, so many questions make me want to play it just make me want to play it right now is it so it so who who here is not for playing the cube, I didn't. I didn't get that. You didn't get that. that? Yeah, no, I'm that's all about it. I love the cube. Oh, you you like the cube? It's who who doesn't like the cube then? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. He's he's being sarcastic. I'm totally he's down with the cube, man. He doesn't like he, the cube. he said he said every time <laughs> during the show, he's like, "Well, they talk too much about cube. They talk too much about cube." And then he's changed. He's he's now well, despite the cube discussion, I like you guys. Yeah, well, I never, I never said that I didn't like you guys. I said that the cube thing gets to me because I, but, but you know, I'm, a, I'm a totally changed man. I love the cube. I was playing like uh, Smash Brothers on it the other day. It was great. It was totally cool. 
<laughs> nice. Yeah, I was kind of getting paying attention to the chat going on. I I spaced out, but so okay. So I'm gonna give you two quick things on why the cube is good, and then you can go about your your ways either way. But if you're <laughs> if you're not playing it, you're basically missing out. The first thing is that it's a good way to basically like if if you're more of a spiky player and you want to be competitive in tournaments and stuff. It's a lot of fun, but it's also actually a lot of work to do tournament prep and to do all that kind of, you know, crap. It takes a lot of time to sit down and grind game after game after game after game and know how the different matchups play, as we were talking about earlier on on Four Spikes earlier tonight with uh, Robert. But when you're in the middle of that, you can say, hey, you know, my mind needs to focus on something else. I need to rest. It's kind of like watching a couple hours of documentary and then going to watch, you know, whatever, like... I don't know, Flavor of Love or something, and you basically just get to sit back, still play Magic and have fun, but you get to also have a... Uh, you you get to have a fun time of playing in the middle of all that. So, so it's good for that. Second thing it's good for is you can do completely insane things. Like, I got able... I, I was able to do infinite turns in the first cube I ever drafted on turn... Uh, effectively turn two, and that's just always fun. So... For those reasons, I think the cube is amazing. And if you ever like want to step up your game to another level, KYT or uh, Tangent or anyone else, you know you can always join us, and and we'll show you what it's all about. Absolutely. Well, you know, if if I'm in the Milwaukee area, then I will definitely look you guys up and cube it up. But really, I'd have to know someone that has a cube and that actually wants to do it here, because I just I don't have the time. I, I, even ben, Ben's talked about maybe wanting to throw together a cube, but it just I I've, I'm too focused on other things between the show and getting into com, you know trying to get into real competitive magic. So it just doesn't. Yeah, it's just it's just too much Wait, work for me right from now. Again? I'm from Spokane, Washington. It's uh, uh yeah exactly. So and Ben's from the middle of nowhere. Yeah, we're, Ben. Yeah. Ben, it's, uh, the same middle that, of nowhere. How far is that from Seattle? Uh, the other side of the state. So we're we're like the other city okay. in Washington. Like 400 miles. Right. Okay. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's it's not a uh, it's it's the second biggest city in Washington, which means it's not very big, and but we're a long ass ways from Milwaukee. That's for sure. Just coincidentally, why we do the podcast so late at night? Oh yeah, you guys are on the other time zone. Hey, it's like what <laughs> ten o'clock for you? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, it's more. Yeah, it's ten o'clock here. Yeah, not bad. Nice. <laughs> well, uh, Greg is used to being up till four thirty with his recent play testing sessions, so he's yeah, in this isn't is is particularly now. late this week in particular. Holy shit. <laughs> Yeah, well, what, you missed out, what you missed out tangent was is that uh, Greg and Prep for States had a five something p.m. to four thirty a.m. prep session. Oh my God, that's insane! Nice though, I'd love that. It'd be fun, but wow, crazy! It was, it was actually a blast. I mean, it started off like extremely serious and, and like doing all the stuff that we needed to do, like testing different decks, blah blah blah. And then we we, we drafted Rise. We four four man drafted Rise, which was. Nice breakaway. It was, I mean, it's equivalent of like sitting down doing a cube in the middle of everything and then getting back to 
to to, to some other uh, playtesting and talking about decks, and we just kept there was uh, there was one one deck that me and one of the other players really really um, wanted to to break open and understand better. So we, we were talking about um, how that deck was going to look um, for states and stuff. So it was just it was it was pretty pretty crazy. That's that's awesome though, man. That'd be a good time. But I do want to recommend, and and Ben can attest to this. Definitely get some sleep before states. <laughs> I mean, before states, man. absolutely. Yeah, yeah like, we talked about that a bunch too. It's just it's too much. You know, when when we we left uh, for for Portland at two o'clock in the morning, and we got basically no sleep. It just we yeah. were we were zombies the rest of the entire but, weekend. But the stories that you guys told on the podcast after was awesome. And anyone that, if you're a new listener and you haven't heard that yet, definitely check it out because that was an amazing podcast you guys did. That was hilarious. Awesome. Dri- like you're driving in. Who was it that didn't want to get the gas? Who? Oh no, you're you're thinking of uh, of Jay That's Bush actually. That was That's him coming from Canada. That was an awesome story. That was an awesome oh, story though. Yeah, that He's was like 18. your guys' podcast is really funny, but it's really <laughs> someone else's podcast. <laughs> That's all right. No, but your guys is awesome too, but I, but you totally sound like one of the guys from the A team uh, tangent. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right, man. I love the boosh, man. Sound like a Canadian. I sound. Oh. Do I sound like I'm from America's hat? <laughs> <laughs> Almost. Almost. Yeah. Almost. Eh. <laughs> I don't think they say it like that. Yeah, I do. I I'm Canadian, right? So it works, man. I am the boosh. Is there a big like play group around you in Spokane? Like, how how big is the Magic scene there? Uh, it's it's not too big, but I mean, we in in Spokane, is what it is. it's spread out. But we had uh, three. No, we had four. Uh, grinders for the for Grand Prix Portland in Spokane, or you know the community of around Spokane. So that's pretty good for for a smaller town that's not really that close to Portland. So yeah, it, it seems like what it is is there's a lot of spread out area, and there's uh, I don't know if you know where Coeur d'Alene is, but it's pretty much over in Idaho, just across the border. So like they're they're the next biggest thing to us. So there's a lot of like just you know the the way the town's made is just spread out a lot. So there's kind of a lot of smaller groups and not so many like real big groups. Gotcha, gotcha. So that well that makes sense why it's a little bit harder for a cube too because like like in Milwaukee we have a pretty big community. We actually have like in our just in our play group there's four different cubes that each of us have, like and they're all themed differently. But that's that's just because. I think of the density more. So I would say, you know, you guys should make it out to the Midwest sometime and just, you know, kick it up here with the Milwaukee Midwest folks. Well, absolutely, just magic dude. it up. Yeah, man, for sure. Are there any jobs over there? <laughs> <laughs> like you want a job, man. I need uh, someone to sell my cube. So. <laughs> if Ben gets a job, then he's going to stop. Stop shopping in those poor stores, and we need to hear the stories. <laughs> I know, that. and then I'll, I'll actually buy magic cards online and stuff. Be be crazy. <laughs> do, do people do people ever buy magic cards at the poor stores? Uh, no, I don't. Most of the poor stores don't actually sell magic cards. I'm sure you Walmart can find does. one like that sells like yeah, Walmart them in does. like a plastic I, I bag. When we got back into it, one of my friends went to Walmart and got like 
where it was like like morning tide was just about to come out and he was like we're all playing magic again so he goes down to walmart to buy some magic cards and it's like guild packed or something like yeah. just horribly outdated but there was like super cheap too so it's like six bucks for like a starter starter deck at walmart yeah it was because it's clearance because they don't it's not like they're not like magic where they're like oh yeah if we just hold on to these for 10 years <laughs> these packs are going to be worth a million dollars it's like to walmart it's all like hey this shit hasn't sold yet so we're just going to keep discounting it until it goes away <laughs> I guess that that explains you know the way you play magic. Ben Ben's got to play magic on the clearance aisle, so yeah. That's right. <laughs> Jay Bush is going to get you like a shopping cart and give you some change and a and a sandwich. Sounds good. Good man, I'm glad. So so uh, Roberto, do you have anything else going on that you wanted to talk about this week? Uh, no. <laughs> we have the four spikes. We have some mysterious guest in the chat window again, which is weird. Never happens. And, uh, we've got, uh, what? We've got Ben. We got Ben. <laughs> so. Are you, are you guys talking to me again? Sorry. <laughs> now, Jonathan and Greg, though, my it's, asshole. it's actually, actually, I did want to bring one up, one more thing up before, uh, before I, before we go to where we're gonna go next, uh, <laughs> Ben, you. T- <laughs> what do you mean, where we're gonna go next? What are you implying? Yes, uh, Ben. You know, we talked off air before the show started about um, there's a difference between being a person who is a magic player and a person who's a gamer. And uh, a magic player is the person who studies the cards and knows the cards and and is good at building decks and stuff like that. And then there's a person who's a gamer who has played so many different games between card games and board games and computer games that they develop instincts that help them in magic where the person who is the deck designer, the person who is the, you know, I know every card inside and out may not necessarily have those same instincts. And I was curious because your deck pool for Grand Prix Portland was not nearly as good as our host deck was. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't go that far. I never said anything about it not being as good as mine because let's, let's be honest yeah, here. My deck sucked. Our, I don't think either pools were, were just, they were just right. mediocre. Ben just but, made more with out of his. I just I actually did. know how to play Magic. Right, oh. right. But that's but that's the one I'm talking about. Is it sometimes it helps when you have the ability to not be just the solely I play magic and this is all I do and this is all I know to be able to have experiences outside of that to be able to help you overcome things or see things and stuff like that. And you're right, you, Ben's the living, breathing definition of a gamer. Half the time when he's on our show with us, he's playing StarCraft while doing the show. Uh, which. It's more you know, like 75%, but yeah, go ahead. Okay, okay. <laughs> and that, and that's a good question for the two of, the two of you guys, the Four Spikes guys. Um, is, was Magic your sole gaming experience, or do you guys expand beyond that? Well, that's a good that's a good question because a lot of this like interests overlap, but 
I mean, I first got into Magic before playing any other games, and I kind of, like, the group kind of draws you into other stuff. Like, I don't know if you guys have checked out Ascension yet. You guys played that? Ben I has. If you listen to our podcast, you would have known we were talking about it. <laughs> I thought, you I, can I tell him to, to go ahead and sit on it, you know, and or yeah. kiss your pasty yeah, white I one. I listen to the A-team all the time. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> Which one are you on the A-team again, Ben? <laughs> I guess. But, uh, you know, Ascension or Dominion or any of those that are, that are kind of like almost magic spin-offs in a sense, like those are super fun, but... I mean, Magic is just so superior to any other game I've ever played. I've never had any interest in it like I have with Magic, but, you know, I don't know. I can't speak for Greg, but that's been my, my uh, you know, experience. Yeah, over the, over, the, over the course of my X number of years in the gaming community, I've, I've done a lot of stuff. I've played, played games online. Like, I played, uh, like, Worms 2. I don't know if anybody played Worms the computer game, Worms Armageddon, Worms World Party, all that shit. So I, I did that for a while. I don't play uh, computer games at all anymore, but uh, I've definitely I've, I've I've done a lot of different types of things within uh, the the greater gaming community before I before I moved to Milwaukee and, and found a lively Magic community again. Um, yeah, I, I, I played I played Magic when I was real real young, pretty much before I played any other competitive uh, game. And then uh, when I when I when everybody that played the game kind of moved away or sold all their shit, the, when the game basically died in my lo- local area, I stopped playing. So I uh, I've been away for a while, but yeah, I mean I don't know. Magic Magic's awesome. So I, I play I play Ascension and other stuff currently, like Settlers of Catan and and uh, Carcassonne, and, and there's a number of, of board games that I that helped me get get through uh, college. But uh, I don't know. Ben likes to stick yeah. mostly with things the like... The thing about board games, board games and other games like that is it's a lot easier to get into because you can, even after playing two or three times, you start to develop your strategy and know what's going on. Two or three games of Magic, you don't know what the fuck is going on. Like, you only know the cards that are in your deck and, like, you know, like maybe you have a small fraction of the cards in other people's decks and you just don't really understand how everything interacts. You're just trying to bring out creatures and attack people and, you know, kill them. So and you don't really understand, like, the greater part of the game, whereas a lot of these other games, you know, after a few plays, you're like, okay, I kind of get the get the idea behind this. So why is it then that after years of playing that you still don't know what the hell is going on in Magic? Because I just don't listen to podcasts. Oh, well, oh, okay. Like, that's the thing with Magic. That's the thing with Magic is that every, you know, what, three months there's a new set. So keeping up is is hard. Like it takes time. If you and if you don't spend the time to do it, then you just don't keep up. Or if you're I mean, you, you just go to like the arcade and beat fourteen year old girls at DDR. You don't releases and stuff, and going to the pre-releases and just finding out what are the new cards. You know, what? How do they interact with the old cards? You have to. That all takes time. You know, and that's why MTG Cast is awesome. And there's you know there's tons of the internet's awesome in general because there's just so many. You know, great websites to get information, like Channel Fireball, and uh, <laughs> and and let's not but, forget the podcasts know. like Four Spikes and the A Team, and uh, I mean, well, like limited resources is probably one of the best, like to actually like tr- teach you how to like think about magic. Like, sure. they're, 
that's probably one of the like the most educational ones. Damage on the stack was really good uh, at the time because it really you know that it was pretty complicated. Like just trying to figure out like when does priority happen, when is damage dealt, like when do you actually are you allowed to you know react well, to certain things. You let know, me let me say regarding regarding damage on the stack since you brought it up there, Ben. Uh, there will be a new podcast that should be out within the next day or two. That will that is called tap that mana, which will be kind of in the in the same uh, spirit spirit of damage on the stack and go over basically the you know from the beginner's guide to the more advanced uh, guide of magic and talk about things like what you're referring to right now. So yeah, uh, like layering, do do any of you guys actually know how layering works? Like yes, you know, it sucks. You need to like. I've re- I've read it. I've watched it. I've looked at it. It's all like, oh well, okay. Well, how does this actually affect the game? Well, <laughs> you if you know? ever did, have you did you play like M11 when that was like before Scars came out? Did you play a lot of like M11 Limited or anything like drafts or whatever? I mean, I did a couple, but not a not a whole lot. Because like one thing that would come up a lot would be like diminish, right? With like any D- diminish with boost spells, yeah. Is right. right. how is how is how that could be relevant, but hey, do you guys ever listen to JudgeCast? All the time, oh, yes. man. Those guys are awesome, too. Yeah, definitely, I agree, totally. Well, and also, if you listen to Monday Night Magic, you'll get more insights on stuff, and also, when next week's episode <laughs> of Conley Woods is on there, you'll get a Pro Tour person's advice on things, too. Nice, man. Right. Way to pimp yourself again. Hey. <laughs> Yeah, have some benefit to having sex with all those other podcasters. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all the podcasting that you do with the other podcasters. Hey, hey, lay off Roberto, man. He, he's he's you, uh, he's just going you out end there up and getting pimping us, us AIDS, man. I'm gonna be pissed. <laughs> all, all I know is is that you know I've been able to uh, be fortunate enough to be a part of two of the best podcasts on the internet. And I enjoy them both, and but I know where my bread and butter is made, and that's dealing with you two clowns every week. With uh, us giving so, you know, ignis. Yes, so you know how that goes. Uh, the funny thing is, is now, now with states coming up and stuff like that, and all that happening right now, how can next week's podcast for any show be under two hours? <laughs> well, basically what happens is around the hour and a half mark, you start wrapping it up, and then you end it somewhere before two hours. Yes, but with all the information that's going to be out there and stuff like that, I mean, oh, there's going to be okay. a lot so, to digest. It was more of a rhetorical question then. Okay. Oh, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, speaking of wrapping things up and doing that, I think we should do that now because I don't think we need to give we don't need to give our listeners another four hour epic podcast this week. And you know, we are very fortunate to have our friends from Four Spikes on. And if there's anything else you'd like to plug before we go, absolutely we want, go for we, it. I, I want to make a call out right now. I want to make a call to all those in the Spokane area. <laughs> Get a cube for tangent. And you guys, you know, pull your stuff together, get some play groups together, make it happen, dude. So you can have the experience that we get. It's awesome. Make it happen. Spoke no way, man. Out. No way. My first, my first cube experience is going to be when I come to Milwaukee and play with you guys. So 
That's that's <laughs> that's got to be on the agenda, man. Hell yeah, definitely done. Cool, sounds good to me. So so uh, definitely check out the four spikes. Your next episode is what six? You said. Yep. And yeah, uh, we're we're getting into the content that like some of our stronger content that that we like our bread and butter is tournaments like bigger bigger tournaments. I mean, although we both we both love limited as well, but so so right before states, you know, this is this is the stuff that we love. So our content is probably gonna be really strong. And then uh, you know, next weekend, right before a PTQ, a sealed sealed PTQ, like, this is this is gonna be a lot of fun. Sounds good, Definitely man. Check Definitely. Check these guys out and follow what they're doing on uh, Four Spikes. Uh, Roberto. Yes. What? Where can you give yourself a plug? Oh well, uh, you can reach me on Twitter as under the Beamy. Um, I'm fortunate enough to be on Monday Night Magic, so you may be able to hear me on Monday Night Magic. I, of course, am available here every week uh, on. Maybe or any night of the week, if you happen to find them. <laughs> Ow. <God. laughs> Ow. You know, the funny thing is, is I get a lot of I get a lot of stuff for that. But uh, you know, as long as people keep listening, that's really what I care about. Yeah, I, so. yeah, yeah. I guess I guess we're still having sex with you, so <laughs> I guess guess we're part of the problem too. Thank God you live in Spokane. <laughs> yeah, so... Remember, man, the shower's big enough for three of us. <laughs> okay, so Ben, I, final thoughts. Yeah, I'll go ahead and, and uh, pimp the new show, Tap That Mana, once again, be looking for that. Um, again, mostly for beginner and, uh, you know, maybe in, intermediate level players, but uh, there'll, there'll be some good information on there for people. And that will be hosted by Tangent at the Artifact Princess and Boston, Massachusetts. So go ahead and uh, check that out. Little plug there. Also, we will be plugging Mana Screwed Podcast on that show as well. So and, I'm not uh, the only one going you, out there. You, you said you ho- you're hosting. Does that mean like you're you're hosting on that on that website? Or are you actually like a, co- a host or a co-host of that show as well? I am a co-host of that show as well. Cool. How do you guys have find so much time to a you know do these podcasts and b listen to all the friggin' podcasts that you guys talk about? Because I mean, I I thought that I listened to a lot listening to Limited Resources, Man is Screwed, Monday Night Magic, the A Team, Top Eight Magic, and our own friggin' podcast every week. But I feel like I have no time to listen to anything else now. So how do you guys do it? Uh, well, to be honest with you, uh, Roberto and I both do a lot of driving. So uh, I I drive about 12 hours a day, and I'm able to listen to a lot of stuff in that time. That's legit. That's legit. Yeah, so that's how I can get my podcasts in. Other than that... Finding the time to actually do podcast is not easy, let alone, you know, really try and stay competitive magic-wise. Yeah, in my case, I do the same thing. I do a lot of driving in between calls. My problem is is I'll listen to 30 minutes of a podcast, have to put it on hold, 
come back, listen to another 30 minutes and put it on hold. So it's like listening to a podcast straight through is very, very difficult. Um, you know, but when I get the time, I try to. Or if my wife puts on a another horrible TV show, I will gladly put on a podcast on my ears and listen to that instead. So, yeah, I listen to a lot of podcasts when I'm riding around on my doctor. And, <laughs> you know, yeah, totally for sure. So I don't man. get much listening done, but you know, gotta ride on. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I mean, again, it, it's hard, but I also I can say that I I'm very thankful that I have an amazing girlfriend that allows me to have some extra time to do this kind of thing too. Because if you didn't have a supportive spouse, girlfriend, whatever, then yeah, you better hope you're single because otherwise it's really hard to find the time to do anything. Absolutely, I can agree with that completely. Or just have a wife that looks at you and goes, well, at least you're doing that instead of going out to the bars till 3 in the morning. So, yeah, On that note, uh, I've actually got <clears throat> my girlfriend in the other room that's been waiting patiently while we did all of our podcasts and your, your podcast, along with uh, <laughs> another friend that actually plays Magic, actually one of the few girls in, in our Magic community, um, Alexis, so shout out to Alexis. Um, yeah, both of them are in the other room while I'm here talking to you. Guys, so. <laughs> well, okay, hey, okay. Man. First of all, the first the first statement you made is completely correct. One, you have two women in the other room, and you're on with us. So you should go bye bye immediately and go yeah. in the other room with the two women. And thank uh, them for for uh, allowing you you to uh, join us for a little while. We appreciate yes. that. Yes. So on that note, I, I will I will depart and I will uh, I'll definitely be checking you guys out and uh, and for the listeners, uh, please check us out for spikes on MTG Cast. Absolutely, thanks, thanks Greg. Thanks, Greg. See. Uh, all right, gentlemen and uh, mystery chat person, uh, I think we need to be wrapping it up for the for the night here. Uh, um, again, get a hold of manuscript at gmail dot com uh, if you want to send your deck lists or just. BS with us, and you can find me on Twitter and Magic Online at TangentDYN. You can find Roberto on both as well. Correct, under the beaming under both, and uh, also you can, just like Tangent said with his new podcast, you can catch me on Monday Night Magic. Uh, you can also catch me here every week because this is my home, this is my home of home, so... You know, and otherwise, outside of that, uh, Ben, where can they reach you at? Nowhere. <laughs> uh, well, you know, if they want some stock tips, they can go to uh, send an email to ridethethoctar at gmail dot com. Nice, very nice. And they can also actually follow you on Twitter, riding your thoctar as well, can't they? Yes, at ridethethoctar. <laughs> nice. Okay, so I think pretty much that's it for the week. Uh, any last words, in either of you? Penis. Awesome. Okay. Good, good luck at states and or uh, prudentials or provincials or whatever they're called up in Canada. <laughs> um, good luck with that and uh, enjoy magic. And we'll talk to you next week. All right. Until they should next... change their name to United Provinces of America. <laughs> Until next awesome. week. Uh, I am Tangent. I'm Robert. And we are out later. <laughs>